You are Locked On Blue Jays, your daily podcast on the Toronto Blue Jays, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm all right. I'm I'm happy, Josh, that we're finally doing this. It's nice to, you know, be able to talk to the host for the podcast for the other Canadian team. Oh, wait, that, that was 15 <laughs> years ago. Um, how, how are you enjoying the Expos? Oh, well, the Expos have been very kind to DC. Uh- I know, right? I mean, that should have been ours. That should have been a Canadian championship, but... It's fine. I'm sure the Blue Jays will make up for it shortly. Yeah, so that's that's interesting because the Blue Jays were one of the teams that, that did start making some some early moves in the offseason. And, uh, you know, I think Robbie Ray was was a smart move for them. It was, a you know, the, the pitcher market has moved a bit quicker uh, than the market for other players has. And it's funny now because, you know, a lot of other positions – have now just gotten an influx, uh, influx rather, of players because of the, the amount of guys who are just non-tendered. You know, if you ask me which free agent pitcher the Blue Jays were more likely to retain, I would have said Taiwan Walker before Robbie Ray. But um, if you look at some of the prices that have been set, and there haven't been many prices set so far this free agent season, some consistently high, paying Charlie Morton $50 million and Drew Smiley $11 million. So it makes a Robbie Ray re-signing look a lot better. And now seeing a flood of outfielders and relievers hit the market, it, it's just adding to the number of choices that the Blue Jays have. And also, too, this is a bad offseason for free agents, right? Just because of COVID and because of, you know, teams uh, aren't as willing to spend money as, you know, uh, you know, as they would be in the past. And now with the glut of options, you know, teams now can kind of sit back and wait and let the markets develop with the exception of kind of those mid-tier pitchers. Like even the elite pitcher market is slower than, you know, uh, the mid-tier pitcher. You just mentioned Robbie Ray and, uh, you know, you also mentioned Charlie Morton and then Drew Smiley. That market's moved a bit quicker than any other market has. Yeah, and you you remember two years ago, Josh, when we're like in February and Bryce Harper and Manny Machado hadn't signed and it's like, well, what's going on? This is collusion. They're not paying them the money. We're going to see that times 10 this year. It's it's going to be such a drag. Like, I mean, we're, we're, we're starting to head into the time when the winter meetings would be and like the rule five draft is usually a harbinger of signings to come, but there's been like very little movement. Like I said, the blue Jays have been linked to everyone and there's not been any solid movement. There's been like George Springer saying I'm interested in Toronto, but there's been no like concrete movement. And the fact that the second busiest team this offseason has been Kansas City yeah it's it's gonna be a long winter for a lot of these free agents and a lot of these non-tendered guys I mean but hey Mike Miner got paid (laughs) exactly Mike good for Mike Miner and you know I think to kind of set up this conversation uh, I've actually had a you know not everybody's deep into baseball you know like we are and I have had some questions from fans saying hey you know what exactly is a non-tender uh, to give you know to give some context to it, you know when players are under team control from you know it's, to say let's give an example of uh, you know the Nationals, you know, guys who are under team control, 
like Trey Turner and Juan Soto, you tender them, you know, it's, it's, you offer them basically a contract. It's the equivalent of, I would say in the NBA restricted free agency, right? You are, you, the team who has control of the player has the ability to make the offer first before anybody else is, is, you know, is allowed to. The, only, the one difference in free agency is, um, well, you know, you, you basically have the ability to match an NBA free agency. The difference here is it's flipped. Either you say, I want the player and, you know, uh, or you, or you cut them loose. Uh, nobody can offer them first. You have the rights exclusively to negotiate with the player. And then, you know, uh, if you non-tender them, that is the equivalent of saying, we're good. We're going to pass on you. Uh, AJ, I c- kind of convoluted, but did I miss anything there with that? I don't think so. I think you pretty much hammered it. Um, it's just a way for teams to avoid uh, potential arbitration settlements that they don't want to pay. And a lot of teams don't want to pay this year. So that's why I think we saw a record 59 non-tenders this offseason. So the free agent market just got really flooded. And some names, like some names that we know very well, right? I mean, the big one is Kyle Schwarber, but you think about David Dahl, Archie Bradley, Eddie Rosario, Adam Duvall, Michael Franco, uh, you know, Nomar Maraza, Carlos Rodon. These are all names that are not household household. I mean, I mean, if you're a baseball fan, Kyle Schwarber is a household name, but names that we know, and I think you hit it on the head, right? This just speaks to the state of, of the game right now. I think it's good for us as fans because it gives our teams more option, more options. But, you know, if you're kind of in the pro player camp and, you know, I'm assuming you are, I mean, a lot of us, you know, who are uh, yeah. media people are, you're not as happy because, you know, it, it means that these guys aren't going to get as much money. And that's the one thing I struggle with, especially in baseball is yes, the contracts are big, but getting to those contracts is just, it's such a bear. And you, you think about the NBA and to some extent, the NFL, because I mean, the NFL, they guarantee the money, but the NBA, those players make a lot more the life of a baseball player. You know, if you make the big leagues, it's, there's some financial security, but it takes a while to get it. It just takes mm-hmm. so long to get it. And that's, that's kind of the harder part when you think about it from the player's side. That's where I am right now. You know, if you just kind of worried a guy like Michael Franco, like five years ago, you think he'd be fine. And now it's a guy who's a free agent right now. Or, or even a guy like Hanser Alberto in Baltimore, who, right. you right. know, as a, as a Blue Jays podcaster, I've seen a lot of Hanser Alberto and he just puts bat on ball, like at will seemingly. And Baltimore didn't think that was enough to pay him $4 million this year. And when a guy like that is unable to, you know, convince teams that yes, it is worthwhile to keep him around. That's a sign of just how much trouble all these owners are in. And, you know, I, I will be the last person to cry tears for the owners. Cause I mean, come on, you're freaking most of you are billionaires right and you and the only one who is and i think is a raise one which is why their payroll is so cheap but they have smart people but like you know it's like you said minor league players making like 400 bucks a month trying to get up here and and make a name for themselves and get these paydays and so many of them now are not going to get it because the billionaires have decided to tighten up so it's sad Hopefully a lot of these guys who have earned this money will be able to find it somewhere, somewhere else. We'll be able to find something stronger than a minor league deal. But for a lot of these guys, that's going to be their only option. Yeah. I think the good news is a lot of these guys are going to get signed. Uh, There's a lot of players that, you know, it's usually these guys are in the kind of tweener stages, right? They're in that stage where 
they've been in the MLB. They're just starting to get to the point of their careers where, you know, they're, they've got some longevity. Um, but, you know, it's the end of team control. And uh, you know, this is kind of where the rubber meets the road for them. But there are some good players. You know, what, when, when you talked about the Blue Jays free agency, and that was a team that was young and competitive. And, you know, I got to see a good amount of them because obviously we, you know, the East was in a clump this year. And so I uh, got to watch a fair amount of Blue Jays baseball. Good team, young team. Was in, and was was in it till pretty much the bitter end in pursuit of a playoffs or was in the playoffs rather. Yeah. You know, I forget because there's 16 teams, but in the playoffs, what are the spots of need? And then, you know, second part of that is, is there anybody out here in this, uh, this group of non-tendered players that you think fits that need? Well, um, the Blue Jays themselves non-tendered two players, uh, Travis Shaw and mm-hmm. AJ Cole. Um, both were expected Shaw was set to make five million dollars and they want someone a lot better than Travis Shaw to play third base and Cole you know he did well in Toronto but they need a couple spots to sign free agents so it's just easier to let him go they kept Ross Stripling and so for Slugger Teoscar Hernandez Um, there aren't a lot of like genuine third base options that really opened up um, in the non-tender, like you said, Michael Franco um, from Kansas City was probably the biggest name third baseman who was let go. But the Blue Jays, like I said, they've been flirting with everyone. They're, they're that person at the bar who has the black Amex card and she's buying everyone drinks, seeing who wants to come home at the end of the night. And like I said, they got more options, but is um, like take Hans or Alberto, is he a better option than a Colton Wong? Um, is, um, <clears throat> sorry, is Greg yeah. Garcia going to be that backup infielder you need from San Diego? I think where the Blue Jays ended up benefiting the most is seeing more bullpen arms hit the market. And um, you mentioned Archie Bradley, non-tender by Cincinnati for some reason. Um, but also Miami non-tendered Rin Stanek. And again, as a Blue Jays watcher, Stanek was a force against the Blue Jays. It seemed like every game he opened, it would be like two nothing after three every time because like they could not do anything against Stanek. So for, for a team like the Blue Jays that is looking to upgrade its bullpen, especially without a clear closer, this season, I have been very adamant and demanding and begging for them to please sign Brad Hand already, but um, it it doesn't have to be as pronounced because there are more options. Like I would be happy with an Archie Bradley at the back end. I mean, two ninety five ERA, um, a one oh nine WHIP that will play, and yeah. he he doesn't have a lot of mileage, so. Archie Bradley is definitely the most attractive name um, for me, although there are plenty of options if they want to try and find a fourth outfielder without having to rely on Jonathan Davis and Derek Fisher. And please, let's not rely on Derek Fisher anymore. Uh, yeah, the, the less reliable of the two Derek Fishers that we know in professional sports. Uh, I think that is that oh is for God. sure. Um I would say something that's really important about the bullpen, because that's been something that we've hammered, you know, hammered on on this show. And, you know, obviously if you remember the bullpen was not the strength of the championship, <laughs> the championship nationals team. 
And uh, you know, what do so un- you have two former Blue Jays to win that? Like from last year's team, you had um, Javi Guerra and Daniel Hudson getting your final out. Yes. So, and so yeah. you're welcome. Yeah. Uh, thank you. Uh, and then that national team pulled from a lot of different places to put that roster together. But, you know, you think about the, the bullpen. And you think about the number of big signings we see in look, Brad hand, you know, you can't fault a team for going out and getting him, but you, you, you see the number of pitchers who have just become available just off non-tender, especially the number of right-handed relievers have become available. And you think about, Hey, a lot of times change of scenery is so important for these pitchers. There is a, there's just so much volatility when it comes to relief pitching and this is where it's going to benefit a lot of teams where, look, just pick up guys. And I think the Blue Jays are in that spot and see, and the Nationals are too, and see what sticks. Like, you know, if you need a guy to eat some innings, you know, see what you can get. If you need somebody to hold down a seventh inning, you know, take a, take a flyer on a couple pitchers and, and see what they can do for you. And I, I think, you know, there's so many times where you think about bullpen pitchers that just, they started performing out of nowhere. And a lot of times they needed to, to go to a different place or just, you know, the change a pitching coach, you know, just the, change something up in the way that they do things. And you see these big signings. You think about Edwin Diaz, you think about Dylan Patanzas, you think about now Trevor May is a big one. Think about, you know, uh, just a lot of the signings that, that happen with the bullpen. Those guys don't always pan out, the high dollar ones. Some of them do, but you're almost better off by taking a flyer on some of these guys and hoping that a change of scenery is what, what helps them. I mean, if I was a team in need of bullpen arms, I would grab, especially if I'm like the Blue Jays, I would grab a few of these guys and, and see what works. You know, maybe you do spend money on one guy, but maybe you grab one or two off the off the heap here and no, you know, not to call it a trash heap, no offense to those players, but these players have been discarded. Th- that's kind of my thought now on, on the bullpen pitching. The one thing that's funny though, is you look at the number of left-handed relievers that were released, three. I mean, there is such a premium on left-handed relief pitching. It's, it's crazy, <laughs> but um, yeah, you know, just, just some yeah. thoughts there. Not sure how you feel about the bullpen and, and how you should address it in terms of finances. Well, um, Josh, it's funny you say that because I mean that's been the Blue Jays' strategy for years. Is um, they have not been paying premium money for relievers. They've been finding guys who are willing to take minor league deals, who are willing to come to camp and fight it out, and then just putting them in. AJ Cole was on a minor league deal for the Blue Jays this season, joining fellow minor leaguers Tyler Clippard and John Axford. Um, signing guys like Sung Hwan Oh, who had been coming, who came off an injury, signed him to a two-year deal, parlayed him into a decent prospect hall from Colorado. Daniel Hudson was a spring training signee. David Phelps came off Tommy John surgery. Um, there are just many um, ways that the Blue Jays have been able to kind of patchwork this bullpen, and they could very easily do it again. They're they're kind of doing it right now. They they have Jordan Romano. Rafael Delis, um, Julian Merriweather, I think is going to be a reliever. I know they're like, we like him as a starter. No, 100 plays in a bullpen, put him there. Um, but it, it may be that time when they do actually finally pony up. I think, um, I think O was the highest priced reliever they've paid for uh, since BJ Ryan. And if you bring mm-hmm. up any Blue Jays fan, you're going to get snorts of derision but the the time has come i think to make that kind of investment to get a proven arm and now that there are multiple proven arms back there like like you said trevor may is off the market but there's still brad hand there's still archie bradley out there 
I think the time has come to make a move to get one of those guys locked up, have him as your back end guy, know your setback there without having to experiment during a season where the Blue Jays seem to think they might be able to challenge for division title. I love Jordan Romano. He hasn't been in that position very often. And when he was in 2019, it was very hit or miss. So why not get an established arm back there, take that pressure off him and let him work that slider to his heart's content in the eighth or the seventh. Hey y'all, just going to take a quick break here to remind you that this episode is brought to you by Built Bar. It's a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. It comes in 18 amazing flavors like caramel brownie and cookies and cream and carrot cake and German chocolate and salted caramel and orange and all of them are coated in 100% chocolate. They're soft, they're easy to chew, they melt in your mouth, they help you lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. They're low calorie and low sugar while being high in protein and fiber if you're doing the keto thing, works great for that. And if you go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON, you'll get 20% off your next order. So go to BuiltBar.com, use that promo code LOCKEDON, and get 20% off a shipment of delicious protein bars directly to your place of residence. You are Locked On Blue Jays, your daily Toronto Blue Jays podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yeah, I think there's several good options, several different ways they could go. Um, You know, do you do you have a problem with how I I like to ask this question to a lot of people? Do you have a problem with how slow MLB free agency is like you brought up the Bryce and Machado things? And, you know, you and I, from a standpoint of like we cover the league, you know, they, they talk to us about doing a certain, I know this is very inside baseball, you know, no pun intended, but they, they tell us, Hey, you want to do a lot of content in the off season because it's, it's, you know, sometimes in a lot of cases does bigger than the regular season, but this isn't the NHL. This isn't the NBA. It's not even the NFL, which has a, I mean, nah, you know, besides the draft, the nah off season, but this is like, it's ridiculous. And I know this year is a bit different, but you saw the NBA, like that was red. Hot. I mean, as soon as free agency opened up, it was red hot. And baseball has been kind of pushed to the side. And I, you hate to see that, right? Like there's a lot of good players out there. And I just don't know how many more updates on my phone do I have to get from, from MLB.com being like eight teams in pursuit of George Springer. And I'm like, I like, I get it. You know what I mean? It's like, how many days are we going to do this? And oh. not, not saying those guys should, you know, shouldn't sit there and field all offers and, and not be pressed, but there needs to be some kind of excitement here. Right. I mean, we, we need to have a little bit. Josh, like I said, I I can basically put every free agent on a wheel and spin it, and I'll get a score article that day saying the Blue Jays should sign <laughs> Ha Sung Kim. They should sign Marcelo Zuna, which is the new one today that I'll probably be talking about at some point. But I I actually like the fact that MLB is dragged out a bit. I mean, like you said, inside baseball. It's good content because you know you you can spin that wheel yourself and just be like, should the Blue Jays sign Keenan Middleton? Like, thankfully, we're not going down that low for the Blue Jays. We're sticking up to the more well-known names. But I I prefer and you know it it does kind of catch you off guard a little bit because um, full disclosure, um, when I did the uh, Hyunjin Ryu podcast the podcast right after the blue jays signed hyunjin ryu this is a couple days before christmas so 
I had done the yearly tradition with my roommate of watching Grumpy Cat's Worst Christmas Ever. And my tradition for that movie is I need a lot of alcohol to get through it. So after playing a game where I took a drink every time and an, an animal said something annoying, I was not in the best state, but then I got the notification that the Blue Jays line reused. So I'm trying to like psych myself up to actually do that episode. And I'm just like, guys, this is awesome. You signed someone good. I can't believe it. But like that's that's the kind of fun thing about MLB. It's not all one day bonanza like the NHL or or the NBA. It's it's kind of hits you when you least suspect it. Gives you that little bit of joy in the winter months when you know you're staring at say a Maple Leafs team that you've heard 19 different articles or podcasts about why their blue line stinks. It's it's just a nice feeling in the midst of of the darkness and I like getting those bits spread out a bit. Yeah, the, the spread out is it's good, right? I would just wish that we got like one or two big signings between now and winter meetings when a lot of the signings do actually, you know, there's a good number that do happen then. Throw me a bone. Mm-hmm. Give me give me a real Muto. Hell, hell, I'll take James McCann. All right, you can you can give me James McCann <laughs> signing somewhere and I'll be like, that's great. That's you know, it's one of the bigger names in the market. We don't even get any of those. Uh, it's just it's just funny how I'm, it works. I was going to say who are We've talked a lot about the Blue Jays. Who are the Nationals going after? Well, it looks like DJ LeMahieu wants five years, which is a, it's that's a problem. Uh, I think, yeah. and, and good, like good on him. He is an excellent baseball player. He is the player I'd want the Nationals to get the most. Um, I would say the Nationals need to target a couple of things. They just brought back Joe Ross. They need a fourth starting pitcher. So you mentioned Taiwan Walker. It's a guy we've talked about at length. Um, actually Morton, more, less so Morton, but Smiley and Ray were two guys that in addition to Walker, we had talked about as being solid fourth options for the nationals. And a part of that speaks to their inability to develop pitching, but, uh, that's neither here nor there. Uh, they need an outfielder. They need an yeah, outfielder. I was going to say, you, you need to not play Emilio Bonifacio in left yeah. field in 2020. Well, the problem was Adam Eaton, who was usually, I mean, obviously a big part of the championship team just didn't play well. And in this season, it was a tough time, you know, to do it too, because he was, his contract had a one-year team option and they ended up cutting him. And the, the key is this, whatever you get, you need, the whole point is to protect Juan Soto, whether it be catcher, whether it be outfield, whether it be a combination of all of them, they need to protect Juan Soto because as bad as they were this year, you've got two players who were in the top seven, I believe it was top set 10 to seven in national MVP voting and Trey Turner and Juan Soto. And those are bona- like, those, those are not mistakes. Those are two great players. You've got a pitching staff that still has Scherzer, Strasburg and Patrick Corbin. And you also have a team that's got some good, uh, like other good other pieces on the team, right? You've got a, a team that we think is going to have Ryan Zerman back. Uh, we've got a team that, you know, is, has Jan Gomes is a pretty decent catcher. For them, it's just also Stalin Castro comes back to for them. It's just about putting the guys together and getting more, you know, they had to workshop their lineup 25 times this year because the only thing that was consistent was Trey Turner and Juan Soto. And you just can't have that. So getting protection for Soto is number one. And then also to, you know, trying to, I guess, build some depth uh, as well. And Springer is obviously a name that's been mentioned um, real me too. I don't think they get, but I think James McCann would make a lot of sense. And 
also, I mean, I want DJ LeMahieu just because at second base, you know, I think they should play um, hopefully LeMahieu. They, that would allow them to move, um, move uh, what's his face, uh, Starling Castro to third because I'm done seeing Carter keep him over there. So <laughs> they've got some things they need to take care of, but I think the number one thing is protection and whatever the position is, you can make the rest work out. Just get somebody who rakes and can help, who can help out one Soto some. I mean, you could steal Adam Duvall away from Atlanta. I mean, Ken Rosenfall said they're trying, they're considering resigning him, just waiting to see if the DH comes back. Y'all could just take him anyway, plug him into left field, and have that power threat. Yeah, and th- and that's a good point because they've wanted, you know, they've actually played with moving uh, Soto to right. So you know, there there's been some. I mean, I've heard different theories on this. I've heard different things from. It, you know, are they hinting at a long-term move by moving him over there, or uh, they were just doing it just to see what they had at the end of the year, um, or just saying, "Hey, you know, this is a possibility moving forward for sometimes." So I've got no clue what they're going to do with that, but yeah, I think his ability to do that, if he can play right, would allow them. And I mean, usually you can. It would allow them to to do a bit more, uh, especially like Marcelo Zuna is somebody that you can target if there's going to be a DH. Uh, if there's not, you can just play him and left for one year and then have him DH the rest of the time. But yeah, that, that's the conversation, right? Is like, we're unsure about the DH. And from what I've heard, I think it's coming back. But mm. it also does not help at National League teams because it's a detriment to them. They've got no idea how to build their rosters if they've got, you know, they, they can't go for Ozuna's for some, in some cases, if they're not sure if that designated hitter is going to be there. So that's also a challenge, I think, that we have to recognize for a lot of NL teams. Yeah. And I mean, you were talking about Robbie Ray and Drew Smiley's targets. Does that mean that Washington goes hard on Carlos Rodon or do they think just the injury problems have done too much to him? They need somebody who's proven to be consistent. Like, and I was talking about this last night, Anibal Sanchez was a good fit because he's consistent and there's less pressure in that fourth spot. I think kind of almost in the vein of, of Rodon, um, I mean, they need somebody who's like that. You know, I think, I don't know. It's it's difficult to say. You want somebody who's been around for a little while, and he has. It's it's you want also Tanner Roark. We will give you Tanner Roark. I don't think the Nats for want. Tanner, they Take don't want. Him. They don't want Tanner Roark back. They, they don't want him back. They they do not want Tanner Roark back. But this is the issue, right? Because they're going to have an entire rotation. They're going to have an entire rotation besides save Joe Ross and save um, Strasburg, who are all guys that that they had to bring in. They had to outsource. And if you look at the number of Nats. Um, their prospects right now, they're all pitchers. Their top 10 is all pitchers because they're just trying to not have to spend a ton of money um, in free agency to, to go and get pitchers. So uh, yeah, I'd say Rodon is somebody they think about, but you know, they, I think they want somebody that's pitched at a high level, but also too, it's going to be somebody that, that gets a little bit of pressure taken off of them because they're in a four spot and they're not having to be, you know, uh, the horse of, of, uh, of anybody's, of anybody's rotation. Hmm. that's fair i guess i can't force you to take tanner roark back, they, uh, look but... we've had enough tanner arc <laughs> respect push push <laughs> so him on I. somebody else so push, push him on somebody else we had a, we had our fair share of tanner roark um oh my god my, my final question can... to you is what one signing do you want the blue jays to make the most brad hand give me brad hand give me brad hand right now like i I, I really liked having Ken Giles in the Blue Jays bullpen because he was that reliable arm back there. And with him gone, with Tommy John surgery, and he's he's not coming back, 
I I miss having that certainty. Like like the Blue Jays have never had a lot of certainty at the back end. I like I th- I think you have to go back to um to like Billy Koch. Wow. So like to like a guy who's like okay, he's going to come out, he's going to get the save almost every time. It's fine. But like without actually putting our best starting pitching prospects back there, like Aaron Sanchez and Nate Pearson. There's not a guy who you can really point to. Even Jordan Romano had his blips at times. Brad Hand is a guy who's been remarkably consistent. Like you said, you're looking for consistency. And since he's become a reliever, Brad Hand has been just that remarkably consistent four of his last five seasons he had an ERA under three and the other one was like a 330 in 2019 and he was still an all-star the dude just knows how to work with what he has and he just gets dudes out and he has the experience there he has playoff experience He's a guy who I would love to see back there. You can talk about Colton Wong. Colton Wong's great. You can talk about DJ LeMay, George Springer, whatever. I just want that certainty in the back end of the bullpen. And I think Cleveland's misfortune is going to be a lot of teams benefit this offseason, whether it's Francisco Lindor, who I'm not crazy about giving an entire package for without having the contract in place. Mm-hmm. But Brad Hand is a guy who I'm like, this guy should not be available. And yet he is. So go get him. Go get him right now. Freaking 077 whip last season. Go get him. All right. I love it. I love it. Um, where can the people find you and your work? Well, you can. they can subscribe to Locked on Blue Jays on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotter, Spotify, Stitcher, Spotter, I'm sure, will be the hybrid when those two companies (laughs) merge. Um, But yeah, wherever you find podcasts, you can find Locked on Blue Jays. So subscribe to that and hear me rant some more. And you can follow me on Twitter at A underscore J underscore Andrews. The underscores are there because Twitter is dumb, but it allows communication. All right, AJ, thank you so much for joining us today. I enjoy doing the crossover with you. Thanks, Josh. Anytime. And um, yeah, I'm keen to come back and get more plaudits for your 2019 World Series. <laughs> <laughs>